Ed. Okay, good afternoon, everybody. Chodesh uh, Tov, and Bezrat Hashem, this Chodesh Elul, Elul is a very special month, but this year it is uh, uniquely special because we have theoretically a, a very a unique mitzvah that only comes about once every seven years, and that is the mitzvah of Shmitat Ksafim, of terminating or nulling one's uh, one's debts uh, or one's loans that one has given to uh, people, and as we'll see, this this is a mitzvah ase. It could be a mitzvah a mitzvah ase and a mitzvah lot ase. And uh, as we'll discuss, this might only be a problem on the person who is lending, but it might also be a problem on the person who is borrowing, who wants to return the loan. So this is very very practical as we get closer to Rosh Hashanah. Because as we'll see, the cutoff date of when everything happens basically is the coming in three weeks' time uh, on Rosh Hashanah, at least according to most opinions. So let's jump in to the sugya, which is very unique for this year, um, and see all the halachot pertaining to it. And who has to write uh, a prusbul, which we'll discuss later on, to get round the, the, the problem if one needs to, is it just people that have lots of money that have given loans, or is it any person that owns a bank account? And we'll discuss that uh, as well. So this might apply uh, to, to people think, Top, I don't have to worry about it, I haven't given a loan to anybody. That is true according to many opinions, but according to other opinions, every person who has a bank account, who has some type of savings account, um, this might not be, this, this is not just a theoretical mitzvah, this is very practical. So let's jump in. Last week's parasha, parasha A, the Torah tells us, At the end of seven years, you shall do a Shemitah. Now we're going to translate Shemitah over here as releasing or, or letting go of. That any person who is a creditor should release his hand from the money that he lent to his friend. Furthermore, that seems to be a positive mitzvah, you know, release. Then there seems to be a negative commandment that it is prohibited for a person to claim the debt owed to him, right? Because Shemitah has released this, uh, the time of Shemitah has, has, has come to Hashem and therefore one, one cannot release it. So from those two psukim, uh, from that one pasuk, it seems that there seems to be a positive mitzvah and a negative mitzvah. One that we should release all our uh, loans that we've lent to people, and two, we are—if we try and claim that money back, we actually violating a Torah violation. If we skip to pasuk tet, the pasuk says now something completely differently. If I'm not—if I know, and you know, three weeks time, if I lend someone today money, I know that in three weeks time I'm not going to be able to reclaim it. So. As a businessman, if I you know think that that's crazy. The Torah says explicitly, Pasuk Tet, beware lest your heart 
has this unfaithful thoughts and says, the year of the seventh year is coming close. Right? And someone needs your, uh, your, you to give them a loan, but you're going to begrudge them and you're not going to give them the loan. And he will call out to Hashem and it will be upon you a sin. So not only is a mitzvah assay to release the debts and a mitzvah lot assay not to claim the debts, but the Torah is telling us that a person is going to say, well, I've got a solution. I'm just not going to give a debt in the first place, a loan in the first place, and we're going to get around the whole problem. The Torah specifically warns us that one's not allowed to do that either. Okay, so it seems that we are dealing with some serious Torah obligations over here. Um, and as we see, it sounds like the cutoff is the end of the seventh year, which is basically Rosh Hashanah, three weeks time. And uh, just to clarify it, the Sefer Achinuch says, a person who is over, this is the Achinuch in Mitzvah, Taf Ein Zayin, Okay, you know what? I'm going to leave the Sefer Achinuch now because he's going to discuss uh, things which uh, we haven't yet discussed. So let's just jump into the next source. Is this mitzvah, which we've just said that a person basically has to release any loans that he gave, is this a mitzvah doraita? Well, it seems that obviously it's a mitzvah doraita. We just read it from the psukim in last week's parasha. I mean, you don't get more explicit than that. However, the Gemara in Masechet Gitin Lamedvav says not so fast. Amar Abaye. Abaye says, Beshvi'it bezmanazeh. We're jumping into the middle of the sugya. The sugya over here is discussing that Hillel Hazakein instituted a prusbal. We're going to discuss a prusbal at the end of the year. But for now, we'll just say that a prusbal basically circumvents the whole, it's a, some type of document that I write and allows me to still claim the debts um, owed to me even after uh, the, the Shemitah year. So ask the Gemara, how, how, that's going against the Torah. We're talking about when does the prusbal work, when it is effective. When we're talking about Shemitah in today's times, the Rebbe, and it's going according to the opinion of Rebbe, the Tanya, Rebbe Omer, the Zedvar Hashmita Shamot. The Pasuk says, we just read, this is the concept of the releasing, and you have to release, etc. The Torah is referring to two separate Shemitot, releasing. Echat Shemitat Karka. One is referring to the releasing of the land. When does that happen? That happens during the Yobel, the Jubilee year, that every 50 years, the land is released and goes back and goes back, returns to its original owner. And the other release is referring to a loan. And what does this mean? At the time when you meshamet karka, release of the of the land, i.e during the Jubilee, which today everyone agrees, Yovel is not, we discussed this in, in uh, our previous Shirim in Hilchot Shemitah, everyone agrees that Yovel is not today the Oraita. We don't have Yovel. Why? Because you need Kol Yoshvea. We need all of Am Israel living in Eretz Israel 
and a few other um, uh, conditions. Perhaps all the tribes have to be in their own land. So Yobel today doesn't apply. So says the Gemara, when the Yobel applies and you return land to its original owners, you release the money as well. But at a time when you do not release land, Yovel doesn't apply today. The Torah does not obligate us to release our loans that we have given to people. However, the rabbis came and instituted that there is something called Shmitat Ksafim, termination of loans, that I release all of my debtors, in order to remember, you know, that we shouldn't forget this whole idea of Shmitat Ksafim, Bezrat Hashem, when the Yobel will apply, that will apply. Okay, so from this Gemara, it seems very clear that this whole very privileged idea of fulfilling a mitzvah right of Shmitat Ksafim, and chas uh, uh, transgressing a Torah violation of claiming the debts no longer applies in our generation because, but on a Torah level, only on a rabbinic level. Um, so basically, we see from here that Lichora Shmitat Ktafim is dependent on the Yovel. And this is based on the Shitta of Rebbe. And this is basically accepted by pretty much everyone. Now, Look at Rashi. Rashi says, "V'shvit v'zmanaze, Hillel kerebi svirle, Hillel hazakein, held like Rebbe." Now, just to get our uh, historical context, Rebbe lived a few hundred years after Hillel hazakein. Right? Hillel hazakein was during the the time of the of the Beit Hamikdash. Um, Rebbe lived generations afterwards. So, but but the Gemara is saying, I'm, I'm not historic, the Gemara often, Rashi is saying that Hillel shared the opinion that Rebbe, we find in the, in the Gemara quoted by Rebbe, that what? That this whole din of Shmitat Ksafim today is only rabbinical. Now, we have a problem. Why is that? Because Hillel lived at the time of the, of the second temple. So what does the Gemara say? Hillel instituted the Prusbul. And the Gemara asks, well, how does that work? And the Gemara answers, no, no not a problem. In today's time, the Shemitah is only Midrabana. Yeah, that's in the time of Rebbe, after the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. But when Hillel Hazaken instituted it, the Beit HaMikdash was still around. And therefore, why, why, is that, why is that only rabbinical? Surely that would be a dindorite still. Explains Rashi, no. The Afal gav the Hillel the Bait Shani have it. Even though Hillel the Elder lived in the time when there was a Beit HaMikdash, Svirilel Abaye, Abaye understands the Bait Shani Hoyel Beloya Yovel in the second temple, there was no jubilee because all of Israel didn't come back in, in the, after the Babylonian exile. So the laws of Shemitah did not apply even in Bayit Cheney on a Torah level. 
וגם רינו באירחין, מנו יובלות לקדש מיתין, ומצאתי בתלמידי רבנו יצחק הלוי, says Rashi, that I found in the students of רבי יצחק הלוי, that it says in the מסכת גיטין in ירושלמי, מניין שאין השמיטה נוהגת, from where I know that the שמיטה today doesn't apply, אלא בזמן שיובל נוהג, rather only when the יובל applies, שנאמר וזה דבר שמיטה שמות, אחת שמיטה יובל ואחת שמיטת שביעית. Now, just to clarify, this Yerushalmi, it's not so clear whether he's referring to the Shemitah is referring to Shemitah Tksafim, the removal of loans, or Shemitah in general. The truth is, is what exactly is the opinion of Rebbe regarding uh, the relationship between the three? Meaning, we clearly know that Yobel is the Rabbanan today. And we know that Rebbe compares Shemitah to Yovel. Was Rebbe comparing Shemitah Tksafim to Yovel? Or was Rebbe comparing Shemitah in general to Yovel? And coming along with Shemitah in general, Shemitah Tksafim gets, uh, gets uh, pulled along. The truth is, is that there, there, there seems to be a contradiction within the Kesef Mishnah of what exactly was Rebbe's Shemitah was it only, and, and according to that, one could understand that according to Rebbe, Yovel and Shemitah Ksafim are rabbinical, but Shemitah of the land is actually Doraita. The general assumption is that that's not the case. The general assumption is that Rebbe Shemitah is that Yovel the Rabbanan today, sorry, Yovel doesn't apply, and therefore Shemitah Ksafim and Shemitah is all rabbinical. However, I'm just pointing it out there that there seems to be a contradiction within the Kesef's Mishnah's understanding of what exactly um, Rebbe Shita was. Nevertheless, nevertheless, it comes out um, that, that today Shemitah Tzafim is rabbinical. Now, we know that Yovel applies only in Eretz Yisrael. We also know that Shemitah basically only applies in Eretz Yisrael and not in Chutzar. So I'm not talking about Syria and things like that, but in general, Shemitah of the land only applies in Eretz Yisrael, and, and therefore also, and also Yovahon applies in Eretz Yisrael. What about Shemitah Tzafim? Look at Rashi over here. Rashi tells us, Even though the termination of debts, of loans, is an obligation on the person as opposed to an obligation on the land. And we know in the Mishnah in Kiddushin tells us that only mitzvot that are connected an obligation of the karka apply in Eretz Israel, but an obligation that applies to everyone else, it, go, it applies around the world. So Ashmatat Ksafim, it's an obligation on the person. Now, if it's an obligation on the person, why should it be connected to the Shemitah of the land, right? Nevertheless explains, and it's not dependent on, on, on Eretz Yisrael. Nevertheless, we still have a Hekesh to connect it, to say that it doesn't apply when Shemitah's Karka in Eretz Yisrael doesn't apply. Now, from this Rashi, we've learned two very important things. On the one hand, 
Rashi tells us that Shemitat Ksafim is connected to the laws of Shemitat of Shemitah in general, meaning that if Shemitah today is rabbinical, so to Shemitah Ksafim is going to be rabbinical. On the other hand, Rashi tells us explicitly that it's not connected to Eretz Yisrael, meaning that this halacha of Shemitah Ksafim, whether you are living in Toronto, in New York, or in Johannesburg, or London, wherever you are, this halacha is pertinent to you as much as someone who's living in Yerushalayim or Tel Aviv. Now that's going to be very important because many people uh, think that Shemitah, you know, all this, all these halachot of Shemitah, okay, if I go to Eretz Yisrael on a visit, I'll have to worry myself about the halachot of Shemitah. Shemitah Ksafim is not that, it's not like that. It applies as much in Chutzaretz as it does in Eretz Yisrael, as we've already seen in the opinion of Rashi, but it's going to be spelled out even more explicitly by the response of the Rashba. The Rashba was asked the following shayla. Shayla, the question was, and this is the uh, response of the Rashba, Chelek Gimel, Siman, Lamed Bet, Leiv. Okay, I know, says the questionnaire, that Shmidat Safim today is only, is not Doraita. Fine. But what do you actually, what do you guys do in Barcelona, where, or wherever the Rashba was, I think, I, th I think it was in Barcelona, somewhere, somewhere in Spain. He wanted to know where, where, uh, what, what they did. Explains the Rashba. Can Shmitat Today, in all of our provinces, we apply the Shmitat Safim applies. The Chaim Pasqua Goinim, and this is also the opinion of the Goinim, Barav Al Fasi and the Rif, Kaktav Bechol Hilchot Otasugyasha Beperikasholech. The Rif, we know only writes Halachot that were pertinent to his day, not pertinent to the times of the Beit Amikdash as opposed to the Rambam. Since he brought the Salacha, he says obviously it still applies. The Chaim Pasak Rashi Beperikam Davar Zora. As, as, as well as Rashi, how do I know that applies also today in Chutzlaret? Because Rav Ashi and Rabba and Abaye, all of these big Talmidei Chachamim Amorayim, they all lived in Chutzlaret, and nevertheless, they lived in Chutzlaretz, and they lived in a time where obviously the Yobel didn't apply, which means that it wasn't, Yobel was, was, was no longer applicable. Nevertheless, there was a rabbinic institution of Shemitah Tzapit. So we see from the Rashba two things. Number one, it applies on a rabbinic din. And not only does it apply on a rabbinic, as a rabbinic uh, uh, decree today, but it applies across the, the world, not just in Eretz Israel. And he says this is explicit in the Yerushalmi, etc. So let's just uh, um, complete this uh, Rashba, who says explicitly the last three lines any time where the Shemitah applies in Eretz Israel rabbinically, the Shemitah Safim Noheget Bechol Makom Midiv Rehem. We apply the same din of Shmitat Safim everywhere in the world 
obviously it's only a rabbinic din because this whole din of Shemitah Ksafim is dependent on the Yotl, which no longer exists. So that is also the opinion of the Meiri. The Meiri says, this is the opinion of Rebbe that connected it to the Yodel, and since it's not Yodel, it's not Doraita. And the follows Rebbe. So it's clear. Meiri says that it doesn't apply to Doraita. And the Rambam stresses the same thing. Uh, that it's not all right, but it is the Rabbanan, and we'll see where in the Rabbanan. The Rambam in Hilchot Shmit of Yovel Perik Tet, he says as follows, It only applies when there's a Yovel, where there is Shmitat Karka, where we release the lands, that's the Torah tells us that the land goes back to its original owners. And this we this connection between Shmitat Ksafim and Yobel is already, we have received this Masora. Our sages received this Masora. Furthermore, the Rambam tells us further that it applies in every place. Whether you're living in Eretz Israel or whether you're living in Chutzaretz. But if it's not, if there's no shmita of karka, there's no shmita safim even in Eretz Yisrael midoraita. However, midivrei sofrim, the Rambam says explicitly shmita safim noheget bezmanaze b'chol makom. Right. So for the Rambam and Rashi. And uh, the Goinim and the Rif all seem to explain that there is a Din de Rabbanan of Shemitah. There is one opinion quoted in the name of the Ram, uh, Father Ramban, in the name of the Raidat, that argues. Um, and the, 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 the Ramban is quoting the Raidat. The Raidat says as follows Let's read the Ramban here. All of the halachot of Yovel don't apply. We don't uh, free the slaves in the land. These things need to happen in order for the Yovel to, to, to be applicable. Since there's no longer any Yovel at all, and there's no even rabbinic yovel. This is a unique opinion of the Raibet. The Shmita is completely connected to yovel to the extent that if there's no yovel midrabana, there's no Shmita midrabana. He says further, According to the Raibet, all of the halachot of Shemitah today don't apply. We're not talking about working the land. Not only they don't apply regarding working land, nor Shemitah Tzapim. The Zoidat Raibet, the Einze Mechubar, says, says the Rampan, this is admittedly the opinion of the Raibet. Raibet was one of Dole Arishonim. But, says the Ramban, I don't agree with it at all. 
And therefore, Rob Rishonim, as we've seen, hold that there is a Din the Rabbanan of Shmitat Safim. There's a third opinion. And the third opinion is the opinion of the Itur that basically holds that Shmitat Ksafim applies today Midoraita. Could be that we don't pass like Rebbe. It could be that there's, a, as we, we, we saw uh, before, it's not so clear what Rebbe was referring to. Was he referring to Shmitat Ksafim, which was the simple shot of it, or was he referring to the other Shmita? Nevertheless, there is a shita in the Rishonim that holds that this din is the orite, and that's the bala ito. How do we pass on Allah Let's read the Yalkut Yosef. And Shmita Ksafim Noheg Minatora Elevizmancha Yobo Noheg, Shazakarka Shebeyam Lebalem. Okay, so he says we know that it doesn't apply. And let's read the second paragraph. We know that there's no Yovel today. Um, um, so he says, just in the last three lines, it applies rabbinically. And applies as well in Chutlaritz. Okay, so now that we've clarified that according to the majority of Rishonim, and that is how it has been passed by the Poskim, we do have today the principle, the mitzvah, mitzvah tase, of Shmitat Ksafim, Midrabanan. However, and, and it also applies both in Eretz Israel and in Chutzarit. Now that we know that there is such a mitzvah and an Avera, what are the parameters? of this din. First of all, when does it come into effect? So let's uh, let's go back to the Gemara in Elchin, Amrav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, Tanya. Nimsei Tarata Omer, Echad Yovel Vechad Shvit, Meshamtin Keechad. The release of the Yovel, meaning when lands return back to their original owners, and the release of the loans that the debtors no longer have to pay the creditors happens simultaneously. The Yovel, it happens in the beginning of the Yovel year, and the Shemitah happens at the end of the Shemitah year. When is the end of the Shemitah year? Rosh Hashanah. As soon as we say Baruchu, or, more correctly, as soon as the sun sets, the prohibition of claiming the debts kicks in. That seems to be the Gemara explicitly in the Gemara in Elchin, how Chazal understood that Shemitah the prohibition only kicks in basically in three weeks' time. Once Rosh Hashanah uh, comes, into, comes into play. But before that, during Shemitah, there's no problem of claiming uh, the debts owed to you. However, the Ibn Ezra explains differently. The Ibn Ezra says the chapter of the Pasuk is at the beginning of the year. And he says, how do you know this? Look at the Din of Hakel. When does Hakel, according to the Ibn Ezra, Hakel actually is during Sukkot. At the at the beginning of the seventh year, meaning a, a month into a month into uh, or two weeks into the year, 
where you have Sukkot in the seventh year, according to, according to the Ibn Ezra, that's when Hakel applies. So he says, obviously, Shemitah is connected also to the Anna and applies in the beginning. It's very, very difficult to reconcile the opinion of, of the Ibn Ezra with Chazal, meaning the Gemara almost explicitly, uh, did explicitly say that Shemitah Tzachim applies at the end of the year. So, and now the Ibn Ezra says, no, it applies in the beginning of the year. Now, so we don't accept the opinion of the Ibn Ezra, but there is an opinion, and this is very, very important, there is an opinion of the Rosh. And the Rosh holds as follows. He's a, a single opinion, but, but uh, many have explained the Ibn Ezra as basically being the opinion of the Rosh, even though the Ibn Ezra didn't say it like that, but that's what he was implying, or that's what the intent of the Ibn Ezra was. And the Rosh says as follows. Although the cancellation of the death kicks in at the end of the Shemitah year, the prohibition to already claim from the debtors your money starts at the beginning of Shemitah year. So according to the Rosh, it's like from the beginning of the Shemitah year, you're not allowed to claim your, your, uh, your debt. However, the debt isn't cancelled. You're just not allowed to claim it. Once we get to Rosh Hashanah, the end of the Shemitah year, that's when the debt is claimed. And that's what Chazal was saying, but they weren't saying that the prohibition didn't start at the beginning of the year. This is a da'at of the opinion of the Rosh. Majority of Poskim do not agree with the, uh, this opinion, and as we'll see, let's read the Rambam. The Rambam says very clearly, and again in Hilchot Shmita, Perek Tet, Enshvit Meshametet Safim Ela Besofam, the pro or, or, or the cancellation, nullification of debts happens only at the conclusion of the Shmita year. And he quotes the other pasuks, and therefore, let's just read the end of the Rambam. Person gave a loan to his friend on uh, three months ago. He's allowed to reclaim his loan, the debt, the entire year. But once the sun sets, Rosh Hashanah shall motay shviit at the end of the Shemitah year avad achov. The the debt becomes cancelled. So we learn two things from this Rambam. First of all, the Rambam says very clearly that the time of Shemitah Safim is at the end of the year, not at the beginning of the year. Second of all, as opposed to the opinion of the Rosh. And we don't pass in like the uh, opinion of the Rosh, pass in like the Rambam, as we'll see. The question that uh, um, I suggested everyone who's got the cipher um, of Shemitah read, there's an excellent article by Rabbi Avichai Goodman, where he explains how does this mitzvah actually apply? Meaning, what do you have to do? You just sit back on your chair and you... Uh, and it happens all of it, you know, you just don't claim the loan and you fulfill a mitzvah.
how, how does it work? Uh, or is there something active you have to do? And one of the opinions is that according to the Rambam, it happens almost automatically. And we learn that from these two words. The debt becomes nullified automatically. And it seems that by default, I fulfill the mitzvah, um, that basically the... the uh, have been so that I fulfill just by sitting back and not doing anything. In the Sheba Alta, I say I fulfill a positive mitzvah. Do we have such a concept? Um, and this is a big discussion amongst the Rishonim. What, do I actually have to do an action? Does it happen automatically? What exactly is the action that needs to be done? We perhaps will touch on that as we go through uh, the Shiur. But if we don't get to it, uh, I highly suggest that everyone um, reads the essay at the end of this, uh, at the end of this year. Um, okay. The Radbaz explains further. <coughs> um, okay, no, the, the, um, the Radbaz is just, just uh, reiterating what we said. And the Shulchan Aruch in Choshen Mishpat, Siman Samach Zayin, right? 67, he paskins that the nullification of the debts only takes place at the end of the Shemitah. Therefore, a person who loans his friend money during Shemitah, Is allowed to for word the shukranuch is passing like the Rambam. That it's okay. Now automatically, what are we talking about? Now obviously. One could argue and say, what, what kind of question that is? Is that? Uh, Good enough to sustain the shear. Now,
who gets overloaded and then keeps on falling. The Gemara in Makot says as follows. A person who gives a person a loan, he gives his friend, Reuben gives Shimon a loan for 10 years, now obviously 10 years, and let's say there's going to be Shemitah sometime during that cycle, but the loan is actually the repayment is going to be, let's say, going to happen two years or three years after the Shemitah year. This whole concept of the end of Shemitah nullifying the loans does not apply when there is a designated time for a payment and that designated time is after the Shemitah year. The Afal Gab the Atili Dei Loyigos, even though theoretically he will come to if he claims the debt, he'll be transgressed transgressing the prohibition of Igos that you're not allowed to claim from uh, your debt. At the time, at the end of Shemitah, when the nullification takes place, the repayment of the loan was not yet obligatory, meaning the guards didn't have you, I couldn't go and ask for the payment of the loan. The payment of the loan still had another three years. If that is the case, Shemitah will not nullify it. That's very, very important halacha uh, uh, that Shmuel is telling us that when do I say that Shemitah nullifies the payment has already or determined the, the end of the, the due date for a payment of the loan has come and the person has not yet repaid his loan and comes along the end of Shemitah that is when the end of Shemitah will nullify, cancel the loan. However, if the time for a payment has not yet arrived, then Shemitah will not yet, will, the, the Shemitah doesn't apply, and the end of you know, Rosh Hashanah in three weeks will not cancel it out. Um, now, there are different opinions whether we this uh, opinion is accepted in Halakha, and Rabbeinu Tam accepts us. This is the second opinion that we just quoted in the Gemara. This is a Mishnah also supports us. Uh, he says, he, he's, he's quoting, there were in the times of the early, early Rishonim, really it was in the time of the Go'onim, and they used to write halachot, they used to write halachot in poems. So you can learn a lot of halachot through poems. And in this poem, it talks about zman eser ki meaning that uh, if he loathed, he, he, Rabbein Tam clarified or, or corrected the, the phraseology of the poem, if he loans for a designated period of 10 years, right, then it is not released prematurely, then Shemitah Ksafim won't apply. Okay. The Rambam similarly says, He says that it's a 10-year loan. 
איננו משעמם. It doesn't apply. The nullification doesn't happen. Apopishu vali de lo yigos, הרי הוא אתה אינו יכול לנגוס. But now, I cannot basically claim from my data because I don't have a right to. The repayment day hasn't yet arrived, right? Now, let's say the guy makes a, a stipulation that the, he won't demand it. So if he won't demand it, then really what he's doing is he's nullifying the repayment date. If he's nullifying the repayment date, then in theory, the repayment is due now. If the repayment is due now, then the, the, there is a den of Shemitah Tzachit. And this is also the Talacha. Basically, if you have a set designated time of the Shemitah, you will not, then the loan will not be cancelled. So basically, according to this, unfortunately, Mama Shkanta, that I owe the bank, um, um, they uh, even if they didn't write the principle, they uh, can still claim it from me because it's a designated time after the Shemitah year. So, uh, so it's not going to help me. Nevertheless, okay. Um, so what happens now? And this happens quite often. People make a uh, designate, you know, a friend asks for a loan and you give him a loan. But you didn't designate the time for a payment. It's not like you went to a bank for a loan. When, when people... They give their children a loan or the other other way around, there isn't a stipulated time. So what do you do in that case? Do we say that there is a din of Shemitah Ksafim or not? This is the Shulchan Aruch addresses in Siman Ein Gimel. Shulchan Aruch says as follows, Hamal ve'ev stam, ve'lo kavalo zman, b'makom she'en le'em minhag, yesh lo zman shloshim yom. We know that if there's no designated time, basically it's 30 days. So therefore what? If it's 30 days, then once 30 days have passed, the payment is, re the, re the repayment is, re is due. If the repayment is due, then the halachot of Shemitah Ksafim are going to kick in. Okay. What happens? Um, okay, we're just going to, I'm just, we're running out of time. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to skip this uh, whole discussion. But the Gemara basically has a discussion whether it only applies to loans that are written in a document or not a document. The bottom line is we Paskin, Allah say it applies both if there's a star that uh, with uh, that's that has a lien on it, that doesn't have a lien on it. In all of these cases, it applies. Okay, now what about more contemporary uh, questions? And this is a very a very uh, common issue. A person um, gives you a check. They buy from you a uh, they buy from you a, a certain object, and they give you five hundred shekel check. It happens to be that they gave it to you a week before Rosh Hashanah. You didn't have time to go to the bank. Now, after Rosh Hashanah, you've got time. You want to go to the bank to 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 cash the check. Are you allowed to cash the check? Now, what what exactly is the check? When, when that person gave you the check, right, they were, we, we could be that they were acting as a debtor, repaying their loan. Now, even though there wasn't a loan, they were paying you for, for, for an article that they bought, 
what is the nature of a check in halakha the nature of the check could be considered a promissory note of iou if it's a promissory note iou that by definition is a loan when you go and cash the check you are now basically taking an iou statement and getting and and, and basically cashing the loan or if we understand it that way, then cashing a check after Rosh Hashanah might be a problem. Let's see what the Yalkut Yosef writes as follows. The, the debtor gave the lender a check, right? This, the check will become nullified, meaning the, the the borrower gave a check back to the lender, but the lender didn't cash it before Rosh Hashanah. It becomes nullified. As long as it is not yet collected, because Vadya is uh, understanding that this is basically still a promissory note, and it's not. It, it's just an IOU. I don't know what a check bankai was until I until I had to buy my house and then they wanted a, a, a bank check. So apparently a bank check is a, a more valid uh, check because it, it's more secure. If I write a check, who knows? Maybe I don't have money in my account. When the bank writes a check, they know that there's money in the account. But nevertheless, says Rabbi Vadia, it's still got the halachic status of an IOU. It's not money. And since it's not money, so this, is, this becomes very practical. This means that any, basically, any person that gets a check and hasn't cashed it, if they haven't written a prusbul, there might be a problem of them cashing the check. Okay? So that, that is, uh, is very important. Now, Furthermore, and this is a discussion between Rabbi Yashiv and the Minchat Yitzchak. What about a person who has a bank account, a savings account in the bank? You have a bank account in Bank Lomi, or whatever city bank, whichever bank it is in the world, and you have 5,000 shekels or $5,000 in that savings account. Do I need to write a principal? Why would I think I need to write a principal? It's my money. It's in the bank. Is it my money? Or do we say that basically the money in your bank account at any given time, the bank actually uses? And they just got an ROU that they have a responsibility to repay you that 5,000 shekels or dollars at any given time that you request it. If that is the understanding, then basically the bank, owe, even though it's in my personal savings account, really the bank owes me money. Now, if I don't have a principal, if I haven't written a principal, comes along Rosh Hashanah, there are 5,000 shekels in my savings account, basically the bank doesn't owe me anymore because there's Shemitah Safim. Hopefully the, the, bank, uh, the bank, uh, bankers don't know about this, but but, you know, it's probably not going to stand up in, in, in the, the uh, legal courts. Uh, but in theory, there's a problem. Now, 
not only is there a problem, if I then go and draw out my money afterwards, what I'm really doing is I'm claiming the ROU and the bank is then fulfilling that payment. And I've now transgressed theoretically loigos. So based on this, says the Minchat Yitzchak, anyone who's got a savings account should write a proofable. Rabbi Yashiv says that is incorrect, meaning Rabbi Yashiv understands that the nature of a bank account is not that it is true that the bank basically uses the money um, at a, any given time, but it's not really that I'm lending the bank money. And therefore, according to Rabbi Yashiv, there's no need for this. Uh, Rabbi Mon suggests in his safer that anyone who basically has a savings account should write a proofable. And this is very important because, uh, uh, you know, in, in the previous Shemitah, I didn't write the principle because uh, I, to, I haven't uh, loaned anyone, uh, I haven't loaned anyone uh, any money. So what is the, I, I don't have any need for it. According to what we've just said, at least according to the Minchat Yitzhak, there's a good reason that every person should write a principle. And since it's a Machloket Poskim, it's, uh, it's worthwhile. There's another reason why we might want to write a principle. Again, the everyday person, not a person who's loaned uh, people money. And that is, if you own a credit card, if you own a credit card, so uh, you're paying by credit. So basically what happens over here, or alternatively, you own a shop and people pay you by credit, or you own a business and people pay you on credit. What does the Mishnah in Shemitah, in Shvit, Perik Yud, have to say about this? The Mishnah says, Basically, to, to summarize what the Mishnah is saying, they had a storekeeper, what they would do, let's say you have the local makolet uh, down the road, and every day the children would go and they would, uh, you still have this in some uh, kibbutzim and small yishuvim, there's like a, a the, everyone's got a, a book, the, the, the teller's got a book and the children come, mishpachat so-and-so, and they buy their yogurts and they buy their bread and they just put it on their account at the local uh, supermarket. At a certain stage, once a month, whatever it is, the local supermarket sends to the family, you owe us X amount of money and that, uh, and, and the family pays. Now, what just happened? That was an ROU. When I bought the bread and I didn't pay for it, now basically I have a debt to the shopkeeper. Now the shopkeeper comes along Rosh Hashanah. At the end of Rosh Hashanah, does he now, if he claims all of his customers and he sends them a bill, perhaps he's transgressing the prohibition of lo yigos. And there is no need for me to pay the shopkeeper because of Shmitat Ksafin. Says the Mishnah, no, that is incorrect. This is not considered a loan. This is considered payment. It's considered payment for goods bought. It's not considered a loan. And in cases of payment, we do not apply the principle of a loan. And therefore, we don't apply the principle of Shmitat Ksafin unless Vim Asamil there. But if it turns into a loan, let's say I owe the shopkeeper X amount of money, and I say, I can't pay you now. 
And he says, okay, pay me in two weeks time. Now it's a bit dodgy because what has he said? He said, you owe me money, which I was meant to pay now, but you can't afford it. So pay it in two weeks time. That's a classic loan. In that case, Shemitah Tzafim applies and I wouldn't have to pay him. Um, so that's also important for all these shopkeepers and uh, businesses that they have outstanding bills. If they do not write a Prus bill, they might be in, uh, uh, they might uh, run into trouble about the prohibition of when they claim, when they send out a bill, they were really transgressing the prohibition of Loigos. Okay, we are, I'm just going to skip here for, um, Um, okay, the next, perhaps one of the most important halachot are, let's say a person didn't write the approval. Rosh Hashanah came, Rosh Hashanah went, it's now next year, says the Mishnah in Shvit, HaMachzir Chov B'Shvi'it Yomar Lo Mashametani. The guy comes to return the loan, the, the, the creditor has to say, it's been released. If the debtor then says, nevertheless, I still want to pay you, and furthermore, says the that a person who does repay the loan, even though, even though there was Shemitah Tzafim, Chachamim viewed this very favorably. However, if one learns, looks at the Gemara in Masechet Kitin, it's not so simple. It's not so simple. It's not so simple just to return the debt. And we, we, we've got a few minutes, uh, so we'll just focus on this Gemara. So the creditor has to say, um, the creditor has to say, don't worry, it's been released. And furthermore, and I'm a rabbi, Rabbi says that the creditor is able to hang the guy on a tree until the debtor says this, that I still want to pay you. Now, that's very strange. If the creditor just said that, you know, the, the law has been cancelled, then what is this din of Rabbi who basically says, oh, and by the way, you can hang the debtor on the tree until he says, okay, I want to pay you. What's going on over there? Now, furthermore, ATV Abaya, Abaya says, what are you talking about? Abaya says this is clearly incorrect, Rabbi. Why? Because we have learned that when the debtor does want to repay, he cannot say, I'm repaying the loan. The money belongs to me. But by the way, I want to give you a present. I want to give you a present because. Three years ago, you lent me money and you were very uh, gracious towards me. So I want to give you a present. I'm not returning the loan, says Abaya. If I'm not returning the loan, how could Rabbi say that you're allowed to basically hang the debtor on the tree until he says, yeah, I want to repay. Rabbi answers, yeah, that's what I meant. You hang him on the tree and tell the guy says, I want to give you a present. Which is again very very strange. This din of Rabba, um, and again for for further clarification of the shit of Rabba, I suggest I recommend reading the article at the end of this uh, 
at the end of this, uh, those who have the Shmita um, Sefer, read the article by Rav Avichai Goodman, who explains it, explains the Shit of Rav Lichtenstein, how to explain the Shit of Rabba, which is really, really, very uh, strange. But nevertheless, let's see Allah say, how do we pass it? Says the Rambam, Okay, if you return the loan, even though Shmita came and went, Chachamim viewed this very favorably. However, now look at the words of the Rambam. The creditor has to say, guys, the loan's been released, you don't need a payment. If the debtor says, I still want you to get it, Right? So he can say, lo yigos, and the guy, the creditor didn't forcefully ask for it, so it's okay. However, the debtor, I'm repaying my loan. The Rambam says clearly that the debtor over here cannot just return loans. He should be returning loans. But how he should uh, 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 say it is that he's giving a present. What happens if the debtor returns the loan without saying this is a present? Says the Rambam, the creditor now has to go around in circles in the conversation until the debtor says, oh, I'm giving it as a present. And here the Rambam says, if the debtor doesn't say, I'm giving it to you as a present, but rather I'm returning the loan, lo yekabel mimenu. The creditor shall not receive it. Ela yitoma utavi alechlo. Cheers. I'm leaving. So this is very, very important. Although we have the deen of Shemitah Tzafi, and although nevertheless a, a debtor should still repay, the lender has to say, don't worry, you're released from it. And the debt has to say, I'm giving it to you as a present. If you don't do that, it's a problem. Okay, we'll stop there for today. Uh, perhaps next week, before we continue with the Yilchot uh, we'll just end off on the sugya of Prusbul, um, which we didn't get to today. Okay, thank you for listening, everybody. Yashakoach, and have a great Chodesh Elul. Also, thank you very much, Rabbi. Thank you. Pleasure. Bye.